Okay, Coast to Coast Combat Hour. As always, Ed Carberhall here with Matt Hawkins. This week we have, uh, after her win at Invicta FC 36, uh, Aaron Harp. Erin, uh, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Erin, uh, again, congratulations on your big victory at, at Invicta 36. Um, thank you, thank you. I, I want to talk a little bit about the fight, but kind of first, uh, as as a, a younger female fighter that uh, grew up in the, in the world of... Uh, really in the world of MMA and, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, tell us how you got started in that and, uh, and and some of the influences that got you going in that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my my dad's a huge mixed martial artist. Uh, before I was born, he already had a karate black belt, um, and he was already looking into jiu-jitsu. Um, we joined the Hoist Gracie Network about 2001, 2002. So right then I was six, seven years old. So jiu-jitsu is all I really known. Um, and, uh, once jujitsu took over, my dad pushed his karate aside. So, um, the whole family fell in love with it. And, um, I've always wanted to, uh, try MMA. Even when I was younger, uh, my dream was to be the first girl in the UFC. So, uh, martial arts has always been, you know, my driven future. And that's how I got here today. Oh, that's interesting. Um, that you say that, uh, one of the, cause one of the questions I had for you was, uh, um, it's it's funny what you said about your dad too, because uh, same thing happened to me. I was I was karate, and then I I got into jujitsu too, and I haven't done karate since 2011. Um, but I do I do jujitsu three times a week. But yeah, uh, <laughs> jujitsu is the dark side, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is. But uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you is because I noticed when you were walking in, um, I rewatched your fight yesterday when you were uh, you, so you're a brown belt in in Brazilian jujitsu. Um, most people with a, a like that have as many fights as you do when they they're usually like blue purple coming into professional MMA. Did you purposely wait till you were you were uh, well versed in jujitsu um, to start fighting, or or was it something planned, or or did you just uh, the bug bit you later? Um, it, it wasn't exactly planned. Um, having like being that high level um in jujitsu, I did start MMA. Um, like my first MMA fight, amateur, I was a purple belt. I just got my purple belt. Um, so since I was already into jujitsu, um, since I was a young age, like being a young adult, I was already a high level belt. So the timing just matched perfectly for that. Um, but you are right. There's not, especially there's not a lot of girls that are high level on, on the ground too. So I wanted that to be a little advantage for me. How old were you when you started competing, uh, in actual tournaments so i was nine i can actually tell you this story um i was nine years old it was my first naga tournament and my dad was being truthful to like the experience levels like how they have like novice beginner intermediate and in advanced he was like man like you've been training for years you know you started when you were really long let's go ahead and put you in advance and I went against, like, at the time, they didn't separate teens from kids that much, especially by weight. Um, so I went against, like, this 14-year-old girl that looked like She-Hulk to me. And <laughs> I got I got ragdolled by her. That was my very first tournament. Got ragdolled. Uh, so my dad was like, let's try intermediate division, which I went against some boys. And I did much better. Um, but, yeah, that's my very first early on uh, competition memory. 
So uh, let me ask you uh, uh, about the fight. Obviously, um, it, it, it's so weird that we uh, we actually got you to come on this because I missed the first fight. I actually when I when I tuned into Invicta that w- when everything was happening, uh, your fight was already going on. So oh, wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's really it's crazy that. And then uh, afterwards is when uh, Ray had sent us the message to set this up, but. Um, uh, after watching the fight, were you at all concerned about the decision, the way it went? I mean, it was a, uh, it, it was pretty back and forth at, at at some point. I, you rolled back off of one punch. I don't know if you did that at, at just to kind of like uh, weather the storm. Um, at the end of I forget which I think it was the second or third round. Um, but um, I mean, were you concerned at all about the decision when when it went to the judges? Um. I I knew like well you never know what they're thinking you know yeah. and I hate going to the judges anyway um, I was pretty sure I had rounds one and three so when I heard the second judge like voted on her side I was like oh snap like <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm thinking wrong um, but again they're they're the professionals you know I, I'm just a fighter and of course I'm only seeing one side um, I knew round two was pretty close and that punch like after the bell. <laughs> Of course, yeah. like, just do instincts like kick in, and I do a back roll right onto my feet. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I was pretty sure I had it, um, but again, you never know, so it's always nerve wracking. Yeah, I was up at Big Bear Lake, uh, kind of on a family getaway, and I was watching it with some uh, some relatives, aunts and uncles and stuff who weren't so familiar with the sport. And honestly, all of us were surprised when we heard it was a split decision. Um, mm. I know the second round was close, but. I think it was pretty unanimous in, in the room of about 10 people that we all thought you had uh, rounds one and three easily. So, um, Thanks, you know, but, but, it, you know, but you had, it was a good fight. Uh, you know, you had, it, oh, yeah, absolutely. you're not, you know, you're not in there. Uh, this isn't the amateur level. You're fighting for the, the top uh, female organization in the world. Um, you had two uh, amateur fights and then you had another pro fight in, in another smaller organization. I've covered some uh, Invicta uh, events when they would come out here to the West coast and I was always impressed by the professional level that they had. Um, Shannon Knapp always, every, nobody's, I've never seen anybody say anything bad about her. Uh, how was the overall experience uh, fighting in such a, a classy organization? Uh, it's it's always, a, sorry, my dogs are playing over mm-hmm. here. Stop it. <laughs> About to put them on the podcast. Um, you know, it's, it's every girl's dream to, to fight for Invicta, especially, you know, out, outside of UFC and Bellator and all, all those other organizations. You know, they, they treat us athletes at such a high level. Everything from the media day to the weigh-ins, like the whole process, like they're always checking up on you. Like they, they have your number like via text, like if they need anything. Um, so I love uh, fighting for Invicta and meeting Shannon in this last event. Like she was awesome. And, you know, I can't wait for the next one to show, you know, what more I can do because I got more to show. <laughs> Definitely. Um so that was actually piggybacking off of what Matt uh, said. With the, did they say already that they want you back for another event? I mean, they're pretty uh, uh, as far as the product is Invicta. Just to to like I said, piggyback off of what Matt said. I um I love every event. There's people that that aren't even into MMA that I've watched it with. I mean, Matt knows Jeff, uh, uh, my buddy Jeff, that's in Brooklyn out here. He's my ingenue. When there's MMA events in New York, I get to crash on his couch. But but uh. But uh, I showed him an event one time, and uh, every time I talk about it, he's like, you need to bring those over here. Because, you know, I watch it on Fight Pass, and he doesn't have Fight Pass. He's like, you need to bring those over here. 
because um, Invicta events are so awesome. So did they give you uh, an indication that they want to have you back soon? Um, no news yet on an upcoming fight, but I do have um, a multi-fight deal with them. So nice. I will definitely, my next fight will definitely be with Invicta for sure. The, uh, no, I was like, oh, I, another thing I, when, you know, uh, usually I like to ask the, the fighters, especially a couple of the younger ones we've had on kind of, uh, what their family's reaction to them wanting to be a fighter is. And you're kind of, you're the first one where it's been somebody, uh, I mean, Steven Thompson obviously grew up with, right. with the, in that environment, um, and was watching UFC. His dad was taking him to UFC three. I think he said when he was like seven years old or something, but, um, for you, uh, I saw an article where your dad was, uh, I think it was from 2007 and he was commenting, uh, I think it said you were like 12 years old at the time and he wasn't so much commenting on you, but he was just commenting, commenting on the natural progression of women's MMA and how it, it was just natural that, uh, you know, women are tough and competitive. And so why would we essentially not have them competing uh, in the same style uh, of competition as men? Um, was it just always supportive? Uh, um, obviously from your dad, any, anybody in your family that kind of looked at you sideways when, when you decided to step into a cage? Uh, yeah, of course, of course. Um, my poor mom, <laughs> my, <laughs> my mom has a really hard time uh, watching me fight. And even when I was competing in jujitsu, um, like uh, when I did the Abu Dhabi pro, like she flew all the way to Abu Dhabi and was still like looking between her fingers, like during my match and stuff, you know, because I'm her baby girl. So, but now she told me after my fight, she's like, I watched the whole thing. I didn't close my eyes, I swear. So I, I'm getting better at this. Um, but just on her side, especially because she's a nurse, um, she just hates the, you know, potential risk and injuries that come with MMA. But yeah, my dad, he's always been an advocate of women's MMA and he's seen my progression into like MMA as well. So he, he's totally support behind me, but he, he freaks out too, like during my fight, you know, cause he's not wearing the coach hat anymore. He's just wearing the dad hat. So he he definitely shows the nerves and everything, you know, pre and post fight. How how audible is he? Uh, if he goes to your fight live, I mean, is it hard to like differentiate between your your coaching corner and your dad yelling in the audience? <laughs> I know I know family can be pretty loud. Yeah, he like he only yells two things, like hands up and breathe. And I think I'm pretty sure heard of breathe more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm tuned in tune with my coaches pretty well and. And I can stay, you know, focused. And especially in in the um, Invicta, where the venue was, it wasn't that loud, and there wasn't that many people, so you could hear your coaches pretty well. Versus like a UFC bout where you're hearing, you know, the whole crowd going on while you're fighting. You mentioned go, uh, Abu Dhabi. Um, obviously, that's a I've never been to Abu Dhabi. I know Ed hasn't. Um, <laughs> have the opportunities? Uh, have you had the opportunity to to travel to to other countries? I I know uh, basically Hoist Gracie is pretty much your your. I mean, I don't know what the word is. Ed, it's not sensei. I don't. But you know, he, he's basically the <laughs> no, the guy. He's the head guy of our network. Too, yeah, um... exactly. You get your promotions <laughs> through him, and he he seems to be somebody that um, in in other interviews I've I've heard you where you uh, have tremendous respect for him. Have you had a chance to go to Brazil? Um, Ed, uh, Ray uh, had mentioned that you spend a lot of time in San Diego and stuff. Do you get to travel a lot and hit up a lot of different gyms and? Uh, 
what's that experience like if you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so growing up, um, like my mom and dad divorced at a young age. And when my dad remarried, um, my stepmom is from Brazil. Um, so we got the chance to travel every other year um, to see like her family and to also train um, at the Gracie Omaita gyms, like the headquarters where Helio um, used to teach at, which was wow. super cool. Um, that was from age, like from 13 to 18. I was going to Brazil every other year um, with my dad and stepmom. So that was an awesome experience in itself. Um, I train uh, with the Gracie Omaita female team in San Diego um, with Leticia Ribeiro and Bia Mesquita. You know, there's there's nothing like training with not only girls, but high level girls, you know, <laughs> and every girl can attest to this, especially if they don't have a lot of females uh, in their gym. So I, I love going out there. Unfortunately, I couldn't go this year because I was waiting to get a fight announcement um, for uh, that's why I can go to Worlds this year. Uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing them soon for sure. And um, the only place I've competed out of the country is the Abu Dhabi Pro um, when I went for blue belt and purple belt. And that, that was crazy experience in itself, um, being able to go completely overseas and compete. And it was the only stage really at the time where they were um, paying jujitsu athletes, you know, for winning and go, like placing in the open class and stuff like that. So it was pretty cool. Well, uh, let me ask you about your uh, uh, obviously, you know, you know, Ray and, and uh, you guys just mentioned um, your connection with uh, Hoyce Gracie, how you're under Hoyce Gracie, your interactions with him. Like, like, does he know you fight and and uh, has he ever given you any tips or something? It's, I mean, it's just my interactions with him have, have been very uh, few, but everyone has been super cool. It's like oh, almost yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's almost like there's like a mysticism about the things he says when he talks to you about things, even, even just general interactions. So, like with you, um, you know, being being under under his lineage, how do you? Uh, what are your interactions like him like, and how does he feel about your your fights? Yeah, absolutely. Ray is a super super nice guy, and he knows the Gracie Tampa network very well. Um, the network down here um, is under Rob Khan, who's one of the first uh, five black belts from Hoist mm -hmm. too. So even when I moved down to Florida, I always wanted to stay in the lineage. Um, and with my fiance school, um, I teach the girls and the women there. So mm. we go to a lot of the local tournaments and we compete against race kids sometimes. But it's always super friendly. And we, we're always like cracking jokes after like, oh, did you see my kids do this? Like, oh, yeah, that was nuts, man. Um, so we always are seeing each other at the local tournaments. And he's like one of the nicest guys in the world, honestly. Like, he's a really cool dude. But like with Hoist, with Hoist Gracie, I mean your interactions with Hoist uh, when you when you when oh, you're facing Hoist, yeah, 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 yeah. sorry, yeah. No. <laughs> oh, my interactions with Hoist, um, he's he's always like that uncle authority figure to me, so he's always cracking jokes and stuff. But um, like I've I've always, always got to get up in base. Like if he sees you get up like without technical stand up, like that's like you're cursed for life, you know, and things like yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, because I always uh, I always find him more intimidating when I because I see he's always at Bellator events, and like so I I see him and being in in the New York area a lot I see Henzo a lot and Henzo's right. like Henzo's like the cool uncle he always hugs you and his jokes and stuff like that but with Hoist it's, it's always like this weird like let me stand up straight make sure you know what I mean like it's definitely <laughs> no, there's wait, definitely he's like literally laughing inside like oh, okay <laughs> all right I I, I just had to ask because uh, I. <laughs> 
Hoist is intimidating to me. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you a couple of stories when I ran into him in Vegas, Ed, when we're we're off the air. Uh, okay. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've ran into him a few times in some odd, funny situation. Real quick story I could tell. Just uh, I, I, he was at an event, and I was actually wearing a Hoist Gracie shirt. Um, mm-hmm. And we were leaving. It was UFC Tough. It was the the Maynard and uh, Diaz fight, and we're leaving the arena. And I had, I had talked to him during the fight, but I didn't, so I didn't want to uh, put him on blast while we're walking out. Well, a couple, uh, probably young 20 kids uh, walking out with their girlfriends, and they see my shirt, and they go, dude, that's the coolest shirt in the world. Hoist Gracie's the man. Well, as they're saying this, I know Hoist Gracie's like three feet behind me <laughs> as we're walking out the thing. And I just I look at the guy and I go, yeah, you think the shirt's cool? I go, how about Hoist Gracie right behind me? And they look like they looked at me like, oh, who's this effing guy? You know, he's BSing right. me. And all of a sudden they turned around and the eyes just lit up. And Hoist, you know, Hoist cool as hell. I mean, yeah. you know, they didn't take a lot of his time, but he was quick there to shake their hands and 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 get on the way to through Las Vegas. But it was just funny because I had his shirt on. He's standing right behind me, and these guys are you know praising yeah, the shirt. Yeah, he blends in very well, like you know, because he he's not loud, he doesn't talk much, so you know he like he can blend into the scene. So that's really funny. Yeah, no, it was it was cool, but um. Oh shoot! What was oh and uh, uh, anybody that's listening when we say Ray, we're talking about Ray Robles. Um, he's been on the show a few times. Uh, one of our our main jujitsu uh, information guys. So again, just for anybody listening that might be confused when we say Ray, um, uh, I asked you about your family, and I, I'm always fascinated. I when I when I got into the sport, it was in the like I mean I've 1995. Um, I did some early training when it was bare knuckle. Nothing any to the level of either one of you guys. Um, but it was bare knuckle, no rules. I mean, I was training no rules fighting for a couple times a week, never fought or anything like that. So I, I don't really like to compare my things to you, but when I would go to school back then, there was nobody that did it. I mean, people thought I was insane. You know, I was, I was the crazy lunatic who was going to train bare knuckle fighting on an Indian reservation. And, um, so I'm always, always like asking, uh, people that, that grew up and, and had that earlier in life, uh, what was it like a going through high school as, I mean, you had to have a reputation as somebody who could kick some butt, right? What was, I mean, I, I'm always, I'm, I mean, and I'm not saying, you know, I was never the violent person either, but no, it, it no, helps no, to, no. It, it helps, it helps to think that, you know, it's got to not hurt. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, during high school, um, I, I tried other sports because um, my dad was pretty hard on me on jujitsu. And of course I went through that rebellious stage, like, Oh, my, my dad wants me to do this every day. So let me try something else. <laughs> so uh, in high school I ran track um, and I still have like my best friends from today um, due to track. Uh, and with high school though, there's still girls that would talk smack like behind my back and things like that, but no one ever like tried to start a fight with me or, or, you know, start an altercation. And I've always, you know, especially doing jujitsu, you learn like how to just be defensive and not like, you know, initiating an altercation or anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and (laughs) when I started MMA, I'm like, yeah, this is pretty much my first time fighting. And people are surprised, like, you never got into a fight or anything? I'm like, no, I've never really had to, like, put myself in that situation, like, to have to fight someone, like, in high school or anything. Um, so, yeah, other than girls just having a lot of bark, you know, it really didn't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's funny. Yeah, I mean, I would I would imagine they uh they if they have a lot of bark, they it goes quiet once they find out your background <laughs> and stuff. Yeah, and everyone thought it was karate still, like because they were <laughs> seeing my gi and stuff. They're like, yeah, that's a karate chick, and I'm like, no, it's jujitsu. <laughs> but okay, whatever you say. <laughs> that's funny. Um. So I, I, with the sport, the way that it's grown now, and obviously you've grown up in it and every, uh, the environment you've been around, um, is there any, uh, is, are there any fighters that, uh, that you admire or, or like, like uh, someone's game that, that you like or any champions out there that, that you kind of want to uh, pick their brain? Any fighters out there and, and like in your division or any other promotion? Yeah, absolutely. Um, growing up, I loved BJ Penn, you know, just like all, ultimate jiu-jitsu guy. Um, and I loved Matt Sarah and George St. Pierre as well. Um, but right now, um, I'd love to pick, like, especially in my division, Amanda Nunes' brain, man. You know, she's so powerful, but there's, there's like, secret technique behind that. So I'd love to pick her brain. And um, also... Um, I would love to pick Damian Maya's brain, you know, he's mm. so nonstop of his takedowns in jujitsu and, you know, he's able to put that MMA aggression behind it. Um, cause again, with jujitsu, like even with my fight, you saw, like I was, you could see where I was in jujitsu mode a little bit, um, versus going into straight MMA, like with ground and pound and stuff. So I'd love to pick his brain as far as like the, those transitions and stuff. When you, uh, a little bit ago, you, when you talked about training in San Diego, you mentioned Bia Mosquita, and um, I covered the uh, Eddie Bravo Invitational um, out here that she won. Is that something that, uh, you know, obviously their events are kind of few and far between, and, and they mix the men and the women, so there's might not a lot of opportunities. Is that something you would be interested in competing in a submission-only uh, tournament? Yeah, I would love to compete in a submission-only uh, combat jiu-jitsu tournament. Um, absolutely, especially if it doesn't like um, fall or you know construed with any uh, future fights. I'm totally down. You know, I'm, I'm still down to compete um, outside of fighting and everything. And I haven't done that rule set yet, so I, I would love to you know, get a taste of it. I think it would complement um, MMA well. I actually just spoke with uh, Vinicius de Jesus, who's who's fighting on. Sunday at the Combat Jiu-Jitsu oh, World. Oh yeah, with Diego Sanchez. Yeah. And Agar, yeah. So and he actually said that uh, doing Combat Jiu-Jitsu really, uh, not only did it make his Jiu-Jitsu better, but his focus for for fighting in MMA helped him a lot. So that might be something to consider. But um, speak. Uh, you just fought on a promotion that's on Fight Pass, and I would say that Fight Pass probably uh, leads the uh, the promoters that carry those types of uh, options for supplementing your, you know, not, not just your income, but your, your, your training experience and, and keeping busy and stuff like that. So, um, and especially out where you're at, I feel like in Florida for, I don't know, it might just be me, but it just seems like with American top team and all the, all the guys, all the fighters doing well there and, and, you know, uh, talking to you and Ray, it just seems like that's a, a hotbed for MMA. Now I used to think it was out, out by out West near Matt, but, I feel like Florida, I mean, outside of heating up with the weather, it's heating up like in, on the MMA scene. Is Would that be a fair assessment? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and not just, you know, ATT and not for me to be biased either, but Tampa as well. You know, um, before uh, this past contender, we had two weekends in a row where we had my teammate and another Tampa uh, native get UFC contracts, uh, the contender. Um, you know, our team is growing. 
um, ATT has always been flourished, you know. So uh, I could definitely uh, agree that, you know, Florida is, is definitely a new hotspot for MMA, even in Orlando, too. You got Mike Perry and all those guys over there. You know, they have Adolfo Vera, you know. This state's getting big. It is. It is picking up, Ed. Bad mouth in Southern California. We got. <laughs> we got. We got the team. The new team one on Friday that night. Always been hot, though. We got UFC. We got UFC 241 on Saturday, and we got Combat Jiu Jitsu on Sunday. All within like 15 minutes of each other down here. So we're doing okay. But um, <laughs> did you see the news? Uh, speaking of Tampa and and women's MMA, did you see the news that the UFC event got moved there? The headline: uh, jo- jo- Joanna Jacek and yeah, and Michelle Watterson. Watterson. So yes, safe, safe to assume I'm you're going to make it to that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm definitely going to watch. They have like a few, uh, they have a few girls uh, on that card too. Like Mackenzie Dern's fighting, I think too. Um, so they have a lot of, of big uh, bouts on that card. So I'm definitely not missing that. <laughs> do you, uh, do you make, I, I, are you a huge fan of the sport? I mean, do you get, do you watch it on your downtime? Do you, I know you mentioned some of the people that you like to, to pick their brain. Um, do you make it out to events when when they when you get a chance, or uh, do you like to do other stuff? Uh, who have we talked? Uh, you know, uh, Fernando Gonzalez. Some of those guys like to do the beach. They don't necessarily sit around watching <laughs> fights, but um, but other guys like Stephen Thompson, you know, like to like to sit and watch fights on the weekends. What what is your uh, schedule like when there's fights on, or what stuff do you like to do away from the cage? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely watch fights. I'm I'm a huge MMA fan. You know, it it's been embedded in me since I was a little tater tot. So I'm I'm always watching fights on the weekends. Um, but outside of fights and outside of teaching, um, I love to like go out like my with my fiance and my dogs. You know, as you can hear, they're playing around crazy behind this podcast but I, I love like having downtime with them especially during like the hard training weeks and stuff you know I I'm rarely home or don't get a chance to see them so um and other than that um like to calm me down through camps and stuff since I can't be eating crazy or going out and things like that um I do love painting paintings like one of my cool hobbies I have a whole bunch of canvases that I do and stuff so outside of that I I do live eat breathe MMA and, and jiu-jitsu for sure I'm, I'm a fighter kid do you put uh on your Instagram or, or any of your paintings up I just started following you when we arranged all this so I haven't really looked at your profile yet but are, no, are any of your paintings up I'm, <laughs> I'm too scared that I'm not that great <laughs> but I I actually will start posting them up. You know, I'm getting a little better at it. So I'll definitely post some paintings up. Yeah, put them up for you. I mean, <laughs> hell what other people think. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> so uh, with what you talk about being a big fan of MMA, obviously there's a huge UFC event this uh, this Saturday night. Uh, I'd like to pick your brain a little bit and obviously I don't expect you to badmouth anybody or, no, <laughs> or you can say what you want to say about fighters. Uh, but uh, how do you see the Diaz and uh, Pettis fight going down? Uh, obviously fans seem to be really excited about Nate Diaz returning and, and yeah. Pettis has been a killer forever. So what, what do you right, think about that fight? Right. Man, it's going to be a crazy scrappy fight. Um, I think it might go all the way. It, it might be like toe to toe, even with each uh, fighter, excuse me, but I'm a huge Diaz fan, huge, huge, huge Diaz fan. Like I'm super excited to see him back. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely team Diaz, uh, but it's going to be a crazy, like exciting fight. Like I'm looking forward to it for sure. I'll be watching him here. 
What what about you, Ed? What do oh, you, yeah. you see? I'm I'm with her on that one. I mean, uh, I'm Team Diaz as well. I'm I'm concerned, of course, obviously, because he's. Uh, I mean, even when he's not. I mean, he's an active dude, so I don't I don't expect him to be out of shape or anything like that. But you know, he's always been susceptible to leg kicks, and and Pettis is a kicker for yeah. sure with his with his background. So I'm always concerned about that. But I mean, um, I just hope uh, that Diaz is motivated to get back in there and and pick up a W just to. Just to remind folks of uh, you know what him and his brother did in the sport, so I'm still I'm, I'm for that reason is why I'm picking Team Diaz, but um I, I'd be lying if I if I didn't say I was not concerned. Right. Yeah, I think if it was a five round fight, I would lean more towards Diaz, um, just because his cardio has always been superior. Pretty much everybody's ever fought, and he always comes on later in fights. In a three round fight, I, I tend to want to lean towards the more active fighter, which is obviously Pettis in this situation. Um, but I am curious to see how Pettis does at his second fight at 170. Uh, he didn't look outstanding up until the knockout of, uh, of wonder boy um, in, in Tennessee last uh, March. Uh, but, you know, I'm curious to see how, he, again, how he is at, at the bigger weight. And uh, if that ever catches up to him, whether it's this fight or, or down the line, but um, outstanding fight. And uh, I mentioned on the podcast, you know, I, I go to a ton of UFC events. This will be my 53rd live UFC event. And I don't think I've ever seen one other than some of the McGregor Vegas fights or New York fights that sold out this quick. I mean, there's literally, I looked yesterday and there's one ticket available at face value in the whole arena. Uh, and and <laughs> it was, I mean, it was sold within 80 tickets uh, remaining about a week into the, into the sales. So wow. uh, I, I think that a lot of it has to do with Diaz and uh, I'm a little hesitant even talking about it on a Tuesday because uh, Ed will tell you I'm, I'm kind of the, the, <laughs> the, the, the mush of the the canceled fights where <laughs> Matt, Matt, is, Matt, Matt is a black cloud that, that yeah Matt I, is a black could, cloud that follows MMA events. Oh no! Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I could put a Pride Shockwave event together of all the events that fights that have been canceled that I bought tickets for. But um, I, I think that'll be a good one. Um, I was at the first Miosic uh, Cormier fight. Uh, oh, nice. Can't remember the name of number. Oh, two twenty six, I believe. Um. I was a little surprised that night. I was pulling for DC uh, as the upset. Kind of am turning my my allegiance, I guess you'd say, for this fight. Uh, I'm always for like stirring up the weight classes and uh, and kind of making for different matchups. And uh, although I would like to see Naganu and, and Cormier fight, I think uh, I think I'm leaning towards uh, Miosic in this one. Uh, I think he's going to use his distance. I think he's going to smart a little fighter. Maybe not get caught in a firefight like he was in the fir- in the very first fight. Um, I, I really have never doubted Cormier, but I got to believe at some point his height's going to play, play some kind of uh, detriment in, in, in these heavyweight fights. I think he's 14 right. or 15 and 0 at heavyweight now, which obviously is is dominant and one of the greatest heavyweights of all time. I just feel like that it's got to catch up and, and nobody beats father time and eventually it right. catches up to you. And I feel yeah, like maybe he's looking old. a little, he's looking a little bit too much into John Jones. I don't know how much he was looking into Lesnar. So maybe mentally he's kind of, uh, you know, pushed Miosic out of his, his sights a little bit. Um, so I, I'm leaning towards Miosic in a, uh, gosh, I probably a decision until somebody puts Cormier away other than Pico Graham, John Jones. It's hard for me to. Yeah. Uh, it's hard for me to go against him. So I'm gonna go with Miosic by decision. Aaron, how how do you see that fight? Um, man, like you're you're definitely right on Father Time uh, with DC. 
um dc's just an animal man like he can pick anybody up and flip them over um <laughs> i definitely think um dc will still have a little bit of edge uh but i think he'll go all the way i think he'll go all the way to decision ed what do you say well i mean this one's a it really is because of uh the whole uh father time being undefeated thing um it's 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 a coin toss for me just because um I know DC's smart and he can't head her. He had an awesome plan the first time they fought. You know, he baited um he baited Miocic to uh go for for underhooks and then he countered punched off of when Miocic reached at him. So, um and that's how he, that's how he was able to land so much and do so much damage and, and win the way that he did. Um I don't think he's going to fall for that again. Um Miocic has not done anything but focus on this rematch and now that he got it I feel like uh he's probably going to do something different and he's probably going to bring you know something different to the table what I don't know but whatever it is with everything I mean Cormier's had you know knee issues and you know he, he's 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 been out for uh uh you know surgeries and stuff too and he I mean it is the probably going to be his last fight um for that reason I think Cormier of course, could pull off a win because he'll probably give it all. I mean, the man's an Olympian. You know, they're, those are that's a different breed of athlete altogether. But um, I don't know, man. I, it's hard for me to say. I, I don't. I don't. I don't want to pick against DC. I'll say that. I got you. No, that makes sense. I kind of yeah. feel that way too. I just, uh, like I said, I'm always for stirring the divisions up a little bit. But, but my FanDuel, oh, yeah. I, I, I might. I'm, I pick all underdogs when I make my FanDuel bets, but. So yeah, and, and perhaps, perhaps it's selfish, but I love watching Cormier yeah. fight, and I honestly think if he loses, there's probably a better chance he comes back and fights again. But oh, yeah, that's that's from sure. a selfish point. I don't see him, um, especially where he's his whole career, he's kind of lived off being the you know second place guy. And I know that's that's how he, that's how he up until the point where he became the the UFC champ and then and then eventual double champ. That was something that kind of haunted him. So I don't see him ending his career on a loss. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I, don't, I don't see that. Um, there is one other fight on the card, uh, and kind of to jump on it, the, uh, the Romero-Costa fight. Have you ever trained with Yoel Romero? Isn't he out of Coconut Creek? Um, no, I haven't uh, trained uh, with uh, anyone in ATC for a long time, actually. Um, our camp um, went down there, I think it was maybe six years ago, um, to cross-train and spar with them. Uh, for a day, which was an awesome experience. Um, but yeah, I haven't um, met Ro- uh, Yoel before or anything like that and haven't been to ATT in some time. So yeah, so Yoel Romero, uh, two-time title uh, contender, uh, came up short against uh, Whitaker twice, actually beat uh, Luke Rockholt in an interim title fight, but unfortunately yeah. missed weight um, against Paula Costa, who's undefeated. Um, it's really a battle of like two guys you would think you would have saw in like 1980s WWF. I mean, it's like <laughs> two barbarian looking dudes, right. uh, you know, locking themselves in the cage. Uh, I, I feel like Romero is, is the skilled veteran, you know, of the two, obviously he is, but again, father time, I think he's 42 now, somewhere in that neighborhood, maybe even 43. I mean, he's definitely creeping up there and, um, Costa had a little issue with uh, Uriah Hall also at the UFC 226 event, but um, but he, he his power gets him through a lot of things. Do you have any take on that fight, Ed? I know that with the other top two fights, this one's kind of slipping under the, the radar. Um, yeah, you, have yeah. you done any kind of research on it? 
Not really. I mean, it's a fight that would, that that's been pushed back a lot. Obviously, Yoel was on that uh, Exatlon, the the Univision show that that uh, Valerie Lareda is going to be on now. Um, but um, so like st- things have happened when they wanted to fight before. Um, so it's finally happening. Uh, the only thing I could say is if, if you know, Romero's been known to gas. Uh, if the fight goes on a little, you know, to to the later rounds, I mean, it's only, I know it's only a three rounder, but so I would I would say if he doesn't if he doesn't pull off his uh, one of his explosive finishes by the second round, then Costa probably has a chance of of uh, outworking him. But um, you know that that's that's another fifty fifty. Um, I'm leaning Costa on that one just because I feel like Romero, like you said, he might be uh he might be out of it, but he's a house too, by the way, Aaron. You said you've never seen him, <laughs> but he—he uh, yeah, he was yeah, walking yeah, around. Trust me, I know I won't miss him. <laughs> no, he—he <laughs> in, he was in the Hulu theater for one of the New York events, and I was sitting way back. Uh, I was sitting way back uh, where the stage is in the Hulu theater. This is usually where they sit media, and I was watching, and he's everyone was saying that's Yoel Romero, and all I saw was a shoulder and and a hat, shoulders and a hat, and, and but it was like a huge, like it was almost like a cartoon of a man walking in this crowd but like you know everyone looked like specs and you saw you saw Yoel Romero he's a huge dude but um I don't know how do you think the fight's gonna go oh man there's definitely gonna be bombs in that fight and like you know outside of like the you know controversy with like Yoel's like testing and stuff he's a totally different breed of of like human too (laughs) so um, but I do agree that he's known to not have a huge gas tank. Um, so if it definitely goes to the further rounds, uh, Costa might uh, grab it. Um, but if Yoel can land, you know, like a, a good solid punch knockout, you know, he can definitely take it. Yeah, no, I, uh, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be, I don't, I don't, I, I think both guys could end up gas. Cause I have a feeling that I don't think they like each other. Right yeah. off the bat, and uh, they might be emotional. I think yeah. we could see an emotional uh, testosterone dump right out the gate by both of them, where they uh, where they both come out swinging big. So um, it's a great card. Top three fights are great. Uh, a Sun Sal, uh, Sandhagen, a uh, bunch of other guys. Uh, or, uh, Derek Brunson's on the card, so uh, should be a really fun. That's on uh, Saturday night, uh, August seventeenth. Uh, UFC pay per view through. Uh, we always and talk yeah. about Ed's Ed's favorite thing, ESPN Plus. Uh, <laughs> because well, you're, you're going to be at that one, right, Matt? Yes. Yeah, I got tickets for that. Yeah, so. That's right. So, hey, Aaron, really quick. Uh, just I, I want to throw some. I want to throw some good vibes your way. This is a huge what if, but imagine if when they go they because you're now now you're in the UFC's Rolodex technically with the with the Invicta. You know, if something happens when they go down your way. And uh, you know they need somebody to fill a 135. You know, uh, there's there's, a, there's they need some. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and they flip through and see, hey, there's this, there's she's fought an Invicta. You take the call, you 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 jump right in. Uh, you know, no matter what or what. What's oh the, yeah, you yeah. always gotta treat every opportunity like it's your last, man. <laughs> and like I'm always game for everything, so I definitely take the call. All right, I'll keep my fingers crossed and see if that happens. <laughs> I'm the I'm the opposite of Matt. I don't I don't get fights canceled. Unless unless I fly to Florida for that. Go, one. You stay out of Florida. <laughs> you stay out of Florida. <laughs> yeah, just be grateful they moved it from San Francisco because I'm yeah. sure I would have put the kibosh right. on that one too. <laughs> but uh, 
again, Aaron, thank you for coming on. Uh, this has been great. Uh, I mentioned it before, first uh, female mixed martial arts fighter that we've uh, had as a guest. So, so that's awesome. And uh, honestly, I can say probably one of the coolest conversations we've had. Uh, just uh, you willing to talk about your coming up, and, and then obviously your knowledge of the fight game has been uh, has been cool. And uh, oh, we'd be ha- we'd be happy it. to have. Yeah, we'd be happy to have you back to promote anything down the line. Obviously, uh, we'll probably be reaching out when we see uh, any fights get announced. But uh, feel free to uh, hit either one of us up if uh, you have anything you want to promote, if you have any friends who want to come on, anything like that. We're, uh, we're open, and uh, you know, any friend of Ray is, is a friend of us and a friend of the show. So, uh, Awesome, guys. Thank you for having me. It was an awesome time. Do you, you. Want to, uh, do you want to throw out your uh, – your Twitter handle, Instagram, any sponsors while you're on? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my Instagram is Aaron, uh, dot harp H-A-R-P-E. Um, pretty simple. Don't have a crazy <laughs> Instagram name. Um, but shout out to the Gracie Tampa Network, uh, Gracie Tampa South, Gracie Apollo Beach. Um, and my sponsors, uh, No Digits Needed, uh, U.S. Crowd Therapy Tampa, uh, Bueno Meals, Driven Fit, Royale Jiu-Jitsu, and I think that's it. <laughs> awesome. Well, fans can always catch us at Combat Hour on Twitter, at Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram, myself at MMA Hawk 21 on Twitter and Instagram. And you can catch Ed at Carbazal on Twitter and at Carbeerzal on Instagram. Uh, until our next show, uh, everybody out there, keep an eye out for Aaron Harp. Uh, she's got a bright future, and uh, we look forward to following it. So, again, Aaron, thank you for coming on. And, uh, Look forward to watching your career down the line. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, guys. Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions, and in some, the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening, and if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout-out on the podcast, maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.